Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, along with Kyle Davis. We're going to get you caught up on everything that is the Toronto Rock. We're going to have Jamie Dowick, the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock. He's going to be dropping by. Uh, we got lots to talk about on the show, obviously, with the Rock having two games over the weekend. A 13-12 overtime loss to the Georgia Swarm on Friday night, and then a big 10-6 win over the Rochester Nighthawks on Saturday night in Rochester. So, KD, we'll start with Friday's game against the Georgia Swarm and a matchup that uh, pitted the league's best offense against the league's best defense, and we ended up going to overtime, and it was an interesting final few minutes, but uh, we'll just kind of get your uh, takes from Friday's game to start things off. Yeah, I thought it was a great, entertaining lacrosse game. Uh, the fans, you know, saw, saw quite a show, in my opinion. A couple things that stuck out to me was, uh, you know, tough, disappointing loss, obviously, for the Rock. They, Although the game was real real tight all game, it, it felt like it was there for them to pick up the, the two points that night. They were, uh, you know, leading from pretty much a start down to, down to the stretch there. Uh, I thought early there they had a couple big power plays, a five-minute power play and a, and a five-on-three that – would have gone a long way in, uh, you know, just getting a little separation early or, or not not burying them as there's still a ton of lacrosse left. But uh, I thought a goal or two there would would have helped as well. And, uh, I mean, Latrell scores a big goal with a minute left. Obviously, you know, George is going to get one last look, probably with the goalie pulled. Uh, you know, the, the, the call was unfortunate. It is what it was. But uh, with a minute to go, I mean, I – got to give them credit you know they found a way but I think that's a game you got to you just got to find a way to, to battle out a minute there and and you're you're looking at the night differently right walking away with a smile on opposed to you know the heads hanging after what was not a fluky goal but it, it didn't beat Rose clean the overtime winner I think it hit off his st- the, his shaft or and kind of bounced up and in but uh I mean tough loss you know shows those are the two top teams in the east though and they and they showed it there on Friday but uh what do you do? You, you know, you go back to the drawing board and you head to Rochester Saturday. <clears throat> and to just jump into some maybe finer points of Friday night's uh, final few minutes, but you've got Latrell Harris scores what looks like is going to be a game-winning goal. Um, I just thought it was such a great storyline that was about to unfold in the fact that you've got a young team going up and facing definitely their biggest challenge so far of the year. And it looked like they had passed the test. You have Latrell Harris, the 18-year-old, the youngest kid in the league, um, comes out, scores this goal. Everybody's going crazy. And then, you know, you've got really a pretty wild final minute when you think about um, the penalty that Latrell Harris takes shortly after that, um, which we can dissect a little bit if you'd like as well. And then you've got a turnover at the other end. Brett Hickey passes the ball looking for Kieran McArdle into a bit of a mess. McArdle can't catch the ball in that situation we'll call it and uh you know it ends up giving georgia a little bit more time as well with the extra man so uh six on four instead of a six on five at the end of the game because you know georgia's still going to get one more shot at it um and then you know a goal by shane jackson where you know he's in his office down there that's where he makes his living that's where he goes and uh you know that i'm sure he scored 80 percent of the goals in his career from that spot not only in the nll but even before that as uh you and i know too well but um man i i just think it was a wild last minute and so many different little storylines that had something gone slightly different uh the outcome of the game could have been very different and a lot of other things could have unfolded so 
Talking about the penalty call, though, you know, there's a situation, a uh, possession call goes against Toronto. Latrell Harris uh, is right there getting ready to check the Georgia player, and the referee's right there. The Georgia player picks up the ball. He's on the run right away. The play kind of gets blown in as he's beginning to run. Latrell's instinct is just to start checking him regardless because he's starting to run with the ball. Interference penalty. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it had the fans quite upset. Um, I think it is a penalty but it's an odd situation in, you know, perhaps maybe things should have started in a, in a bit more of a settled situation there. Yeah, for sure. It would, uh, I agree if it started in a little more controlled situation. And, and that happens all the time in a game. Like you watch, you know, on a turnover, player actually just picks up the ball and he's halfway down the floor. And, you know, the ref hasn't blown it in sometimes. Sometimes he, he blows it in as he's down, running. Like it's – there could be a little more, I guess – legitimacy to you know how they call that and consistency but obviously crucial time in the game and it was like you said a weird situation and there was a lot of them probably hot up and down there within that that minute there between the fans I know you know just being in the building they were going berserk when Latrell scored and they were still going berserk when Latrell got the penalty but just <laughs> in a different a different yeah. manner right and even for for Latrell individually you know he was that was probably Obviously had a lot of great moments so far, but you think about scoring an OT or a late, potentially game-winning goal at home as an 18-year-old. That's got to be, you know, pretty high up there so far on what's happened in his season. But then to take the penalty and watch the ball end up in the back of the net, that had to be quickly maybe one of the bigger lows in his season so far as well. So a lot of up and down in that final minute, and it, and it made for entertaining, you know, for the fans. Obviously not the outcome they wanted, but uh, but it was fun nonetheless. And then after the game, you know, Rock head coach Matt Sawyer immediately says that his team has to have a short memory and they need to forget about this one in a hurry because it's time to jump on the bus first thing in the morning on Saturday to head down to Rochester, New York to take on the Nighthawks. And it's a building that uh, historically has not been very kind to the Toronto Rock. But, of course, Toronto and this group does have the memory of a 12-5 win earlier on in the season down there. So Saturday night, the Rock uh, go in a little bit banged up. They make several roster moves going into the game as Steph LeBlanc and Jeff Gilbert both had the flu. Kind of played through it Friday night, but just couldn't do it Saturday. So they get pulled from the active roster, and uh, Connor Busick and Reed Reinhold get moved to the active roster. Phil Caputo was already on the active roster, but was scratched Friday night as he took Casey Bierens' spot from uh, – a couple of weeks ago on the active roster. So you've got all three of those guys, though, injected in the lineup. Mikey McDonald is the scratch on on Saturday, and all those guys produce uh, absolutely huge games. And on the score sheet, you see Caputo and Reinhold right there with two goals apiece, and Connor Busick also. Uh, he was uh, an interesting guy to watch, and, and by all accounts, fared all right defensively and even pushed the ball a few times in transition. Yeah, that was great. Testament to the uh, to the depth of the of the organization up up front and on the back end there for those guys to to step in and uh, you know after a tough game you got some guys coming in hungry that didn't play the night before and you know c- coming off the practice roster you, you don't know maybe when you're going to get a look or if this might be your last look or you're kind of sitting there um, so to get in there you know they're 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 hungry and they want to perform and show well so for those guys to come in and uh, Caputo set. Got the rock going offensively, scored the first goal of the game for them, and you know add another one later. And Reinhold chipping in with two as well to get four out of the the ten goals. You know with guys that weren't in the lineup the night before. That's uh, that's pretty big, a pretty big boost for the team, and you know it worked out in a big win. And Reinhold, I thought, who for a guy 
that has very little NLL experience uh, under his belt, obviously just being a rookie and only having a couple of games played now. But he looked very good on Saturday night and got some important minutes, some power play minutes. Uh, the goals that he scored were, were beautiful. They were timely. All the good things you want out of a guy. And Phil Caputo, on the other hand, I think has shown that he is going to be a tough guy to play against. He's going to give it back almost every opportunity that he has. So it was good to insert a guy with a little bit of grittiness as well up front. That helps. But in terms of grittiness, there was a shift early in that game against Rochester. And Kieran McCardle got the crap beat out of him, uh, you know, for lack of a more colorful term, but he was giving it back. He was right in there swinging like a madman. And as he was coming off, you could tell the Rochester defenders didn't like it too much. Uh, he was mostly paired up with Luke Magnan on that shift as Magnan was the one who was doing most of the checking on McArdle. But then, uh, you know, afterwards Dylan Evans ran by him and just gave him a beauty two hander on the way to the bench, right in front of the officials uh, away from the play. But you can see McArdle is starting to settle in now, maybe he's starting to embrace a little bit more of the physicality of the indoor game. And he's getting in there. And and I think when guys tend to make that transition, I find, and even when guys just transition from junior into pro, um, their tendency is they kind of they sit back almost a little bit and they, and they do take quite a, quite a beating in a lot of cases. And it does you know, over time, eventually you start giving it back. And it's a lot tougher to give it back when you're an offensive guy as well. But we're starting to see these guys just get more comfortable and, and very quickly as well. And when you see a guy like Caputo and also with McCardo kind of giving it back uh, on the offensive side. Yeah, no, I think it's great to see. And stereotypically, you know, the, the American game or the field game is, isn't as tough. And, uh, you know, whether you agree with that or not, that's not up to me. But uh the box game, obviously, you know, there's nowhere to hide out there. There's, you know, they got the boards, and it's a tough game, and you know, the rules allow for that as well. But uh, I've noticed that as well, and I think it started back in that Saskatchewan game. It was him <laughs> in the corner going going at it with Dilks there, if I recall, and yeah. even the team kind of kind of caught note of that. I know a couple guys on the team were were, were joking on social media. I, I don't know yeah. what they were calling him, but. Uh, you know kind of happy to have you know the champ in my corner here or the yeah. tough guy or whatever and it's good to see him give it back and uh you know you're in respect that way you, you, you know you got to fight for your space out there and if you were just a pushover guys would be taking advantage of you right and uh so there's some big defenders out there and you don't want to you don't want to let them know that you know you're going to fold up you want to let them know that you're here to play you mean you mean business and you're going to be battling back and uh also on the younger defensive side of things, we talk a lot about Latrell Harris. He's 18 years old. It's uh, one of the many great stories that we've uh, talked about here this year with the Toronto Rock. Challen Rogers, second overall pick. Big fan of frozen French fries. We found that out <laughs> yeah. last week. But also another guy that, uh, you know, um, kind of flies under the radar, but I made a point Saturday night, especially in Rochester, when I have a couple less things going on uh, for me than uh, during a home game. But I watched Jordan Magnuson really closely. The Rock may have gotten a real steal with this guy. He is a lot quicker, faster, more aggressive than I probably gave him credit for, watching him maybe a little bit more from afar. But um, he might be a real – like for a third-round pick and a guy coming out of BC, it's also kind of surprising that uh, the Vancouver Stealth didn't jump on him maybe or – or try to uh, draft a guy kind of out of their own backyard that was just the captain of the Minto Cup champions in uh, Coquitlam, but um, maybe a real gem there. And that doesn't even, you know, begin to talk about a guy like Connor Busick who just gets into his first game, another young guy. Like, 
this team, this core that has been assembled here could be could get really, really good really fast, I think. Yeah, for sure. It's great to see. I I mean, like yourself at home games, they're, you know, busy. You can't really dial in on, on a particular player. But uh, the, the, what I have seen on the road and, and less busy there, he like he's legit. He, uh, if I recall, scored a massive goal down in Rochester too in the season opener. Uh, you know, breakaway, fought off a check, guy right on his back and put it put it nicely into the to the net there. And maybe, you know, not noticing a young guy out there isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like you had to dial in to him specifically to watch him. And you and you really got to to watch the little things he does and his tendencies. But, uh, you know, just for the average fan, they're not seeing him, you know, Get get beat clean or make a make a glaring error or turnover and and sometimes like uh, on, from a defender especially just going out and doing your job solidly quietly and that's all that really the coaches would want sometimes. Very confident. And I think even now to step back with the team at five and two going into the season with all these rookies and you know a third round pick starting on your active roster, you thought okay there's a, you know a, a five and thirteen team lots of holes to fill you're going to give some young guys a shot but now these guys are still playing and this team's five and two and now among the best teams in the league here through the early part of the season and it's kind of interesting now you start to think well maybe these guys are really really pretty good you know and it's it's kind of interesting how you think like at the first time it's like oh well these guys are just here because they're you know young guys we're not expecting much from them maybe this team will be 500 yada 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 and now you know I think the the focus has changed quite a bit and even as you look forward to you know perhaps trade deadline and and that kind of thing does this team's um I guess journey or path to getting back to a championship do things start to change at all here and I know in Toronto everybody loves to jump the gun with the Leafs and whatnot and you know the Rock are only a couple of years removed here from going to a, a championship game or championship series in 2015 um, but now that we're in 2017 one year after missing the playoffs you know Georgia right now looking like they're the class of the east and this young Toronto team loses to them by a goal and the Rock have beat the back-to-back defending champions already to start the season so you know you don't want to say is this team for real necessarily but I think maybe the bigger question is has the rebuild process been accelerated here with the Rock yeah well I don't I don't I mean I don't know internally what was expected going into this year from coaching staff and, and Jamie and, and management and whatnot but uh you know, five and two. Yeah, I, I think so far you'd have to say it, it has been accelerated in a way. Like we're as of just a couple of days ago, Friday night was a first place game on the line, and you said if they're if they're the cream of the crop in the East, Toronto was fifty eight seconds away from from being the cream of the crop them, themselves. Really, yeah. if they could uh, you know hold that one off. So yeah, I, I think uh, you know I, I don't know if you're going to do anything you know too crazy at the debt. Like that's not up to me. But uh, this team's showing. Like you said, they beat Saskatchewan back-to-back defending champs. They go out west on the road, beat a tough Calgary team in a tough Calgary building. You know, they steal two from Rochester, win that, you know, division series there, tiebreaker. Um, I think they are accelerated and on the right path for sure. And, I mean, if the right trade or, you know, transaction does come up that, that benefits the team, I'm sure now and down the road, maybe that's something you look at. I don't think they're going to be doing, I mean, personally anything – 
crazy that's going to jeopardize the future with this young core just to be better for you know the back half of, of this season only and when you consider the record of five and two as well those five wins there's no question who the better team was in those games you know those were five legitimate you don't want to say one-sided but those were five clear-cut victories the two losses those two games could have gone either way this team is a couple of bounces away from being seven and zero after a five and thirteen season. Oh, for sure! It's this turnaround. It, it it's unbelievable, and I mean, it starts really from the coaching staff and management on down, and and the the changes that were made in the off season to identify that this road we were going down, it, this path needs to change. Some of it was through retirement, but there was obviously some other tough decisions that were made as well along the line, and. You know, to see the fruits of the labor, so to speak, here paying off at the start of the season, and you know, it's it's incredible to see. Yeah, no, it's been it's been fun to watch, and I know, you know, personally from being being in the building last year, it just I'm not saying they're like the obviously the record and and the results of the games weren't as great. It's still you're still watching the best lacrosse players in the world. Don't get me wrong, but there's just something about this team that they're more. You know they're quicker. They're they're more fun to watch. More energy out there on the floor. You can sense that in the building. Um, you can sense that in the office. It's it's been really fun to uh, to be around and, and witness so far. And and I know talking to the guys on the team. You know young guys just getting their feet wet in the league. And they're not taking anything for granted by any means. But they're enjoying the process as it is so far. And I'm sure that's you know they're going to look to continue that obviously in the back half of the season here. Now so far the team is three and zero on the road. Two and two at home. Not being a superstitious guy, but before we let Matty Sawyer go last week on the show, I did mention to him Thursday night nachos. Must say, when we have had nachos the night before the game, when Matt Sawyer and I have been down uh, downtown the night before the game, two and zero oh nachos, zero oh and two no nachos. You're saying I'm just you saying you need to get the nachos going. <laughs> I. That's the only really thing I can think of that's been different in those two games. That's it. Well, if I, that's been the difference. So you and Maddie didn't do the nachos this we past Thursday, obviously. We did not do obviously. the nachos, no. Really? I think he went for a chicken club of some kind, and I went for the grilled cheese and tomato soup. Well, I'd be curious next game, too, to get back on board with the nachos <laughs> and, and just see how that relates to the outcome. And, you know, we could have something there. We'll have to see. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access. And uh, when we come back, we are going to be joined by the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick. That's all coming up here on Toronto Rock Total Access with Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis. Stay with us. Tonight we're going to flip and trip and let it all hang out tonight. We're going to say what we like. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis, and we're now joined in the studio by our first guest on the show today. The owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Mike. How are you? I'm well. Uh, I guess uh, we can start right at the top with uh, Friday night's game. Uh, your thoughts, uh, we'll start there and then get into Rochester after, but just your thoughts on Friday night's game against the Swarm. Well, um, you know, it was an entertaining lacrosse game, that's for sure, and obviously went down right to the wire. Uh, tough loss for us to to give up the tying goal in the dying seconds and lose lose in overtime um you know i thought we were we we, we played all right we could we could have been a, we could have been better uh limited our mistakes a little bit i, I was a little disappointed in, in some of the breakdowns we had and 
and uh, that game was, uh, you know, clearly there for the taking as far as I'm concerned. So, um, you know, it, it was a, a, a disappointing room. We haven't dealt with a lot of losses so far in the season, and, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't a very happy place after the game, obviously. Now, this team, a young defense, uh, a remade team really in a lot of ways from top to bottom. Um, this was obviously a test against the team or the league's best mm-hmm. offense. How do you think the defense and goaltending uh, stood up to the test against the league's best? Uh, I thought they I thought they did a good job um, for the most part. Um, you know, like I said, we could have been better, but, you know, it was little things. We gave a couple shorthanded goals and, you know, those those happen in in transition generally when you're giving up shorthanded goals. So those might not necessarily be on the defense. While there might be a defensive guy getting on the floor, it's so. Um, but th- they were all right. I mean, that you know, the Georgia offense is is very lethal, and um, you know, I thought for the most part we we did an okay job, um, and at times we're we're very good at. at times you know maybe some mental lapses now those final uh, really the final minute and change of that game the way it played out uh, what a roller coaster of emotions you've got uh, Latrell Harris scores what looks like is possibly going to stand up as the game-winning goal it's a young team facing its first real challenge uh, an amazing storyline really sitting there waiting to uh, unfold and then he ends up being the one that takes the penalty at the end of the game uh, maybe just describe the roller coaster of emotions that you were going through personally over that final minute and, and into overtime, uh, and just how you were feeling going through all that. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, when Latrell scores, there you are. I mean, there is a minute left in the game, and and I've been around this long enough to know that that's plenty of time. But having said that, you know, you're hoping that that is going to be the the winning goal. You're going up one with a minute to go there, so. Um, didn't like the penalty um, that's all I'm gonna say about that uh, and and I don't know if I'm talking a little trail or not there uh, it, yeah it was it was it was a tough call at that point in the game I thought and uh, you know it was a bounce uh, you know we gave him the ball back a little early, earlier than we probably should have to, to run that final play and you know they got their shot and the ball came out and you know just to bounce to give them a chance to get it back in there again and obviously stick it in our net and you know that's the game of lacrosse and you know they're dangerous you knew they were going to have I mean they were on the power play they would have been six on five um you know so they were going to have an advantage there and they are scary in that situation so uh unfortunate now you mentioned uh, you know there hasn't been too many losses so far this year and hasn't been that much adversity, but uh, you know how how important was it to turn the page quickly there and, and kind of not dwell on that Georgia loss, knowing you had a big one Saturday down the road in Rochester. Well, you don't really have an option. I mean, you know the 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 one you know and the way it worked out. The one nice thing about after that game and losing is uh, you know we had a chance to go back out there the very next night and and kind of get things back on track and um, it's not easy a lot of people talk about you know the winning percentages of teams on the back-to-back and this and that and you know I don't know I think if you look at seasons in the past I'm sure there's there's phases where it's been higher than lower and whatever it, it's tough it, it, it it's tough our guys you know we battled and and uh, you know had a tough tough game on on Friday night and and then you know suffered that you know 
call it a crushing loss. Those those ones hurt when you lose like that, and and, and then you got to turn around and and get right back on it against a team you know that was waiting for us. And and I know Rochester's record isn't what they want to be, but I can tell you one thing: they they're a punishing defense. And so you know to walk into that on on a back to back night. Um, you know, with them sitting there waiting for us, it was it was it was big. It was big, and uh, it was it was tough, and it was a tough win. And it you know was one of our, you know, for me, one of our more rewarding ones this year because of those those factors. And uh, just being a back to back, playing a tough tough game Friday, like you said there, how important do you think it was to get uh, you know Caputo and Reinhold go in? Unfortunately, due to the flu for a couple of guys. Um, and they both provide a spark, scoring a couple goals. Caputo got got the rock started with the first goal there. Um, just you know, kind of what they meant going in as as fresh legs, and just a testament to the depth of this offense. Yeah, I mean, uh, hats off to both of them. That's the second time this year they've gone into games, you know, kind of on short notice, and 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 both, uh, you know, been productive and and maybe even ex- exceeded expectations. Um, you know, we had two guys down with the flu. I mean, Steph was playing with it on Friday night. We might not have known that as much on Friday night, but they were they were both real sick. So, uh, you know, maybe in hindsight, it was it was kind of lucky because it did give us some some young, fresh legs to inject into the lineup. Connor Busick as well, and and uh, so that gave us a little bit of a, a boost for sure. And uh, hats off to them because they answered the bell. So the roster uh, gets reshuffled a little bit after the weekend. Obviously, uh, Jeff Gilbert and Steph LeBlanc go back to the active roster. Phil Caputo stays on the active roster, and Casey Bierens moved to the second level. Um, I guess without uh, completely tipping your hand here, is that pretty well the roster that we're going to see on Saturday in Buffalo, or is there still uh, a possibility for some changes leading well, into yeah. the weekend? No, I wouldn't say it's uh, anything set in stone. Casey's... Case is going to be real close for this weekend, and um, you know if he was going to be able to go, it would probably be pushing it a little bit. So that was why the decision to move him to the second level. So um, you know we anticipate Kate, well, Casey will obviously be out this weekend, and we we anticipate him back and healthy the following weekend. Um, you know I made the moves to bring you know we we put those guys on the pup list for the weekend because they were sick so um, we reversed those transactions um, we're actually not going to practice here tonight um, and we're going to have a light practice on Friday night before we head down to Buffalo just come, coming off a tough weekend two games lots of travel stuff like that so um, uh, you know I'm not sure I haven't really got into it too much with Maddie. spoke to him briefly but you know, I do know he was happy with the guys that got in the lineup on the weekend. So, uh, you know, he's going to have some decisions to make. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, those are good problems for him to have. So, And, you know, looking at uh, looking at this game on Saturday against Buffalo, um, everybody knows around here what it was like starting the season 0-6 and trying to battle out of that hole. And, you know, at, at times starting to show a little bit of promise, stringing a couple of wins together here and there and still kind of, keeping things alive a little bit but now when you look at the standings and kind of having gone through that last year and know really how deep that hole really is uh how much more important is this game saturday night to really kind of put buffalo into a a similar hole that the rock were into uh you know eight games into the year last year yeah it's 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 real important um you know we make no bones about it we have no love for the buffalo bandits and um you know if we you know, it's an important game to them. It's an important game to us. You know, we're just trying to continue to do what we're doing. You know, we're not 
so much worried about them as far as you know if we play our game and win um you know obviously that's gonna that that stuff's all gonna take care of himself but they're gonna be desperate i they'll be desperate the rest of the year i mean i i do know what it's like and and they probably feel like they're you know they probably felt like it was an absolute must win on sunday there in new england and and, and they pulled it off and you know momentum and things can change quickly in this league so you don't underestimate anyone um you know I, and we just this is game two versus buffalo of four get this one and you're guaranteed that you know you're not going to lose a season series and and you're going to go to the standings for a tiebreaker and, and and that's important um you know we don't want we don't want to give anyone in our division momentum this is this is a big game this week we get to go to buffalo it's always uh you know, no better place to go to get a big W than uh, down there in Bandit Land. So uh, we'll be ready to go. And, sir, just to backtrack a little bit on the roster, um, you know, there have been a few guys that have been on the injured reserve here all season. Brandon Miller, Brock Sorensen, Rob Marshall's been on and off. Uh, any update as to when you think those guys might be uh, prepared to play? Yeah, um, so Brand, I'll start with Brandon. Brandon's... Uh, real close any day um obviously with no practice tonight we won't we won't find out exactly where we are today but uh he, he he's getting real close here and you might see something with him sooner rather than later um brock Sorensen's coming along but not yet ready to go um he he i would i would think he would probably become available to the team sometime over the next couple weeks um, you know, at the earliest, but you know it, it's it's coming along for him. Um, who else are you throwing at me here? Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall is reaggravated. You know, he reaggravated a groin injury, so he, you know he's out for a couple weeks, anyways, with that. And uh, you know, Patty Merrill's been trying to come back from some injuries and seems to get cleared from those. And has done the unfortunate thing of reaggravating other things and. So he's been dealing with that as well. So, um, you know, uh, hopefully those guys can all continue to heal and get to a position where they are ready to go. You know, right now just kind of focused on on the guys that that are ready to go and, and out there battling for us. Now to shift just off the floor for a moment uh, to the league side of things, uh, is there anything to report, any news uh, on the league side that you can pass along to the fans, expansion talk, otherwise, anything like that uh, going on, any updates in that regard, or are things uh, still pretty much just chugging along with the uh, new direction of the league? Well, you got me on a week too early because I got board meetings next Monday <laughs> down in uh, the Mohegan Sun, so uh might be able to fill you in on a little more than that uh, next week. I... I uh, I, I actually speaking to Nick this morning. First time I've spoken to him in a bit. I, I know those guys are busy plugging away and doing everything possible and and getting ready for these meetings where they can kind of bring us all up to speed and fill us in. So, um, looking forward to them. That's next Monday. Next Monday, and um, you know we'll have a better, maybe be able to update you a little more on that next time you have me on here. For sure. Uh, just to go back to the to the uh, on the floor side of things here. Um, like what Rosie's done in the net has been incredible. Obviously, last year had a great season, doing it again this year. Um, me personally, just to, I haven't seen many two lacrosse or goalie lacrosse goals, I guess, live. And, and to see two in back to back seasons from, from a guy, that must be pretty special for him and for the team to even be a part of. Could you just uh, touch on that a little bit? Yeah, it's nice. I mean, you know, it's, it's, 
it's uh, Rosie's not looking. You know, the funny thing is, you know, the reaction from the players and the fans and everything is all is all quite funny. Um, he had an opportunity to do it a couple weeks ago and he didn't take it. Um, you it know, looked like he double clutched a little bit, even on Saturday night well, in Rochester. Like, listen, he's looking to he's looking to clear to the right. He's looking to yeah. clear to the left, and and then you know his progressions, and then it gets to a point where the ball's got to go, and and you got to you know shoot it, and uh, you know it's good for him. Uh, listen, Rosie cares more about the six that he that we're giving up there and, and the win, and and you know that that's that's the the big thing for him and for all the guys but yeah it's a lot of fun when you know rosie's a good guy great teammate good goalie you know it's always fun when that happens for him you know how can you not be happy for him uh you know hats off all right well jamie uh thanks a lot for taking some time to join us here on the program and uh we'll we'll definitely talk soon and we'd love to get a an update for everybody from uh, what goes on at those uh, Board of Governors meetings uh, coming up. So thanks a lot, and we'll talk again soon. Right on. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Jamie Dowick, the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and be back with more in a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. We're now joined in studio by our second guest on the program, Patty Campbell, the goaltending coach with the Toronto Rock PC. Uh, glad to finally get you in studio here. Oh, thanks, Mike. Great to be here. All right. So, uh, you know, life of a goaltending coach and also just your role with the Toronto Rock, I think it's probably a lot bigger than a lot of people think, especially when you talk about a goaltending coach. I think a lot of people probably have the impression that the only thing you're doing is working with our team's goalies. However... There is a whole other aspect to it that I want to dive into, and that's some of your video work that you end up doing and some of the pre-scouting and having a look at the other team's goaltenders and their tendencies, which I think is probably something that gets lost on a lot of uh, people when they just see the title of goaltending coach. So why don't you break down just on a weekly basis what you're doing in terms of video and, and in some regards prepping the offensive guys of the Toronto Rock as the goaltending coach. Right. Well, um, you know, given our, our current goalies' careers um, are both far exceed anything I ever did in mine, they're, they're okay on their own. So <laughs> there's, there's not a lot I can do uh, with that. Right? <laughs> uh, so, no, in all seriousness, uh, um, Maddie's asked me to sort of be a bit, bit more of a forward scout um, with the opposition goalies. And uh, I guess, you know, being a goalie myself, it's, it's easy to see um, tendencies that they have, weaknesses, sort of kinks in their armor. Um, so I've been putting together the, the video reels for the offensive guys, and uh, they've been enjoying it. So um, it always feels good when a guy comes up to you after the game and thanks you. Uh, you feel as if you, you played a part in that goal or whatever. That's good stuff. So in terms of, I know you just mentioned also, you know, you, you do work with our goalies a little bit. Like, let's be honest here. It's not, they're, they're not completely on their own here. But, uh, you know, Nick Rose is certainly coming into his own right now. He is, uh, if there was a goalie coach of the year award, wow. doesn't that go right I, I, along with nice it? Well, I'm just saying, Mike. doesn't it go, right? doesn't that go hand in hand with goalie of the year award? I mean, right now everybody's talking that Nick Rose is the runaway favorite for, goalie of the year 
I mean, there's got to be some recognition coming your way here too, right, Pat? And, and I think some recognition for his offense as well, you know, putting a goal in last that's true. game. Second, that's, what, two bouncer top corner? That's it, yeah, second in as many years. <laughs> uh, no, Rosie's definitely at the top of his game. Uh, he's a real student of the game, so it's difficult to, to work with him on anything in addition to, to what he's already sort of chosen to work on himself. And, uh, you know, further to the video that we were just talking about, he's always in – um, you know, going through team loops and, and game reels for oppositions that we're going to be facing. Um, so, you know, Nick, uh, Nick really, uh, for the most part, takes care of himself. Um, but it's, it's, uh, um, you know, it's not rare for him to come and, and ask for help on certain things, more um, things that he'll want me to watch um, that he's already identified. Um, so I do help. Oh. Patty's got the, the goalie hotline is ringing right now. <laughs> right. Sorry about that. <laughs> Speaking of Rose there, Patty, I, uh, I just wanted to get like a goaltending mentality perspective of, you know, big division game Friday, first place on the line uh, to give up, you know, a late goal and then, you know, a disappointing overtime goal as well. And, and ultimately, you know, not that Rosie lost the game by any means, but the, like the Rock lost the game as a team there. Um, and how that affects his psyche and, you know, having to bounce back uh, less than 24 hours and get right back out there again. Yeah, well, right. Uh, I talked to Nick af actually after that game, and I think the hardest thing for him um, was the fact he did get a piece of the ball. I uh, didn't really see it right away whenever the, the goal went in, but then after watching it after the game, uh, I think he, he felt if he would just got a little bit more of it. And, you know, thoughts like that can haunt you, um, not only for a weekend where you have back-to-backs, but... Um, throughout a season so uh, Nick's a professional he, he you know puts it out of his head pretty quick and and if you notice he was the first one to sprint to center um, to shake hands that night because he he just wanted to uh, to move on to the next night uh, where he stood on his head and, and got us a win in Rochester yeah for sure and, and now looking ahead to uh, to Buffalo here this this upcoming weekend as, as you mentioned you've been kind of helping the offense I guess scout the other goalies um, how, how do you approach a situation where you know, Buffalo's kind of been going with, with both goalies here a bit and, uh, I mean, struggling a bit early in the season. And uh, how do you approach the situation of not really, I mean, knowing as of now who's starting while you're, you know, prepping for the week? And do, do you look at both goalies or do you play, you know, you're looking at Cosmo or how does that work out? Right. Yeah, well, uh, I, I, most teams we've faced so far this year, um, they've had to go into their bullpen at least one point in the season. So we do, we put a reel together on both goalies. Um, in, in the case of Buffalo, obviously, the, uh, um, the size of those reels are going to be equal because we really don't know who we're going to see. I hope we see both, um, but it could be Deruzio or Kaz. And, you know, when you look at uh, Buffalo's goaltending situation, it may be, um, I guess, perhaps a, a statement on where the league is going, where there does seem to be a bit of a changing of the guard, where we're seeing Anthony Cosmo now probably beginning to step into the into the background a little bit in Buffalo um I guess your thought you know are, are we going to start to see a, a whole new wave of goaltenders perhaps in the next few years I mean it, it, there's only nine starting jobs right and you know in Toronto here with Brandon Miller as well in the fold there's definitely two guys that could be starters and Steve Fryer seems to be taking steps to start to knock on the door to possibly be a starter as well in this league so do you think we're going to see a bit of a change? I mean, you've got Christian Del Bianco. I mean, Eric Penny's in Vancouver. He's struggled a little bit. Ty Belanger seems to have taken the reins from uh, 
Tyler Richards <laughs> in Vancouver. Uh, there does seem, you know, it seems like it's going on a little. I mean, Frankie Chiliano even has taken that from Poulin, who leaves as a free agent. Um, do you think we're, we're starting to see a little bit of changing when you think there's only nine teams in the league? If you have f- four new starting goalies, that's almost, you know, 50% of the teams with yeah, new guys. Yeah, it seems to happen, you know, every, uh, every four or five years. I, I remember when I played um, – it was whenever uh, the Steve Dietrich, Bob Watson, Pat O'Toole era uh, was coming to an end and, and guys like Cause and all that were coming to the forefront. Um, so I, I have to agree, you know, these guys are on the, the back end of their careers for, for goalies, especially the reaction style goalies. Uh, you, you can't keep that up for, for 15 plus years. Um, and the, the young guys coming up are, are looking really good, though I still think... Uh, um, you know, with with uh, any thoughts of expansion, um, it could potentially lead to a, a shortage in that position. We're we're in a really um, fortunate scenario um, where we have th- actually three goalies who, in my opinion, could start on any team in the league at any time. Uh, so now the trick is how do we how do we retain that? How do we keep guys um, <clears throat> in the games, um, able to jump in at any time um, when you've got. Your, your Nick Rose, who's uh, you know leading the way and, and taking all the rubber. Um, so uh, come playoffs, you know we, we might be um, <clears throat> in a in a much more amicable position, having a goalie seen however many shots um, in that. Whereas another team who's been using their two goalies all along uh, might think they're in a better position where they can go into their bullpen and and, and pull a guy out. So. Uh, time will tell, but uh, I, I think we're pretty happy with where, where, where we're at, especially with B. Miller and Steve Fryer in the fold. Now, you mentioned something interesting there, actually, about uh, goaltender styles of play, and at a certain point, sometimes the way guys play, they can't keep up with that as, they're, as they age a little bit, right. right? Nick Rose plays certainly a different style than a lot of goalies in this league. Do you think his style lends itself to possibly having a, late, a longer career and maybe even playing into his late 30s and oh, may, maybe early 40s? You know, is, is it something that he could have that long of a career? Definitely. Uh, I definitely think we'll get a lot of mileage out of Rosie. Um, you know, where he's, he's a bigger man, he's still a good athlete. Um, but you, you look at guys, um, um, and I hate to say this detrimentally because it's, it's a feather in their cap, this shape that they stay in, but the Aaron Bolds, the Matt Vinces, um, you know, these guys who, who have to be in their absolute peak physical condition to put the same game together they put the week before together when they were, uh, you know, if ever that starts to falter, their, their game entirely uh, falls apart and crumbles. And we've seen that on a few occasions from these guys, um, you know, and, and on, on many occasions, you know, they'll surprise you and, and, uh, and get it done. But uh, in my opinion, um, you know, I, I like the, the Nick Rose's. Uh, of the world and uh, you, you know what he's going to give you week in and week out. We, we mentioned, uh, you know, we've got three good goalies in the fold here in Toronto and, you know, ultimately uh, they all could start, as you said. And uh, But uh, the reality is only one starting here and I just wanted to get your opinion on, you know, from my experiences, you know, playing sports, like the backup goalie was always a good, a good glue guy in the room, a good character guy. He's out there taking shots for the for the boys before or staying out late for the boys after to, to work on some stuff. And uh, even though he doesn't play much in physical game action, is really a big part of the, of the team. Yeah, I agree. We, we have uh, the perfect model in, in Steve Fryer for that. 
Um, he's the first one on the floor, the last one to leave. And everyone's seen the improvement over the past few years. Uh, we're, we're lucky to have him year-round with the Oakville Rock um, as well. Um, and and it's, uh, it's a tiresome, uh, lonely position. You know, you're, you're out there. Um, guys are trying their, their new shots, their hardest shots. And, um, uh, you know, I'd say a backup goalie also takes the, the most amount of headshots throughout his career because um, you just you don't take that chance on your starter um, I think from from my experience anyhow um, you know guys are, are uh, a bit more daring with the with the chin music and practice on the backups whether they want to be <laughs> or, or not so uh, I you know I got I give Steve Fryer a lot of credit for for doing what he's done after all these years and uh, I'm sure he'll be rewarded throughout his career but uh, uh, right now, it's, it's really hard to conceive anyone getting any playing time uh, with Rosie on the run that he's that he's on. And with Fryer, I mean, you know, he came into training camp with a real battle on his hands with Zach Higgins here as well. And, you know, Fryer, he's in better shape than I think he's been in the last few years here in Toronto. And he definitely, he won the job, hands down as uh you know one of the one of the two backups essentially going into uh the season with Brandon Miller knowingly hurt and we knew he wasn't going to be ready to start the season or as we haven't even seen him yet at this point and we're into February but I mean Steve Fryer really stepped up to the plate here I think in December and and won that job and I think maybe that's kind of flown under the radar a little bit here too no you're right absolutely he um he had quite a battle ahead of him heading into training camp and and kept a great attitude uh, played the preseason games here at the track, um, you know, better than anyone could have expected. And, uh, um, you know, I guess he's given everyone a reason to have confidence if, if he does get, get called on, um, especially uh, um, seeing how long a, a duration in between him playing actual games. And then when he gets in, he can still get it done. It's a great sign for a guy that we're... Um, that we have as a backup goalie who's going to be coming off the bench and uh, um, you know knock on wood it doesn't happen but if it does I think we're in good hands all right Patty well I know uh, Troy accordingly has got a pretty tough decision ahead of him one that uh, none of us probably want and just who he's going to start uh, on Saturday night against the Rock when I look back at that game uh, in Toronto it kind of felt like one of those things where the Bandits were struggling you're going to go back to your guy. You're going to go back to your veteran. Even though Cosmo hadn't played a lot of minutes, I felt like just maybe knowing Troy a little bit too, that it, that was going to be his call. I wasn't shocked at all to see Cosmo start that game, to be honest with you, just because team was struggling. I think Troy is always a coach who's leaned on his veteran guys, and I think he was hoping Cosmo coming back to the ACC, here's a great story that could help us start to turn around the season. I don't know what he's going to do Saturday night. I, I don't like I was saying. I I don't think it's a decision that anybody really, uh, you know, would uh, would love to make here. But he's got to make the right one here on Saturday night. Yeah, well, either that or, or you have to think he's got a, a pretty quick trigger finger at this point. So maybe that decision is irrelevant, and yeah. uh, you know they'll just juggle till they find the right goalie in that game. <laughs> That's <laughs> always fun, right? <laughs> All right, this guy's not stopping. We'll make another change here. Anyways. Now, you, Patty, just uh, one last question here. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, drew back on your your playing experiences a couple times, and how important do you feel, you know, actually going through it and being a part of of the league for as long as you were, uh, you know, to transition into a coaching role and to be able to look back at some experiences, you know, that you went through and be able to, 
I guess to look at it from a different perspective now and be able to to take that to to your goalies that you're working with and, and just to what you do as a coach now. Right. Well, um, you know, I think for um, for the most part, I'm I'm able to help Steve Fryer a lot more with his preparation <laughs> than Rosie. <laughs> I haven't swung swung the door many a time. Uh, but but no, um, having been there, like just knowing, um, oftentimes where they're at physically and emotionally, like say after um, the first game of a back-to-back, um, you know, you learn their tells and, and, and um, how to easily identify um, whether they're ready to go, not ready to go, uh, whether they need to pump their tires a bit or not. Um, but uh, the game's evolved uh, so much, even from like three, four years ago when I played, you really got to stay current to be able to offer anything. Uh, to rely on past experience and um, you know my career way back when just just doesn't do it so um, staying current with the modern game the quick transition and and uh, what the requirements are to be a good goalie is uh, um, pays more dividends than than my entire career I'd say all right Patty well thanks a lot for taking some time to join us here uh, in the studio on the program today and uh, hopefully we'll get to do this again soon right on it was fun thanks All right, that was Patty Campbell, the goaltending coach with the Toronto Rock. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access, and we'll be back to wrap things up in a moment. Like the legend of the phoenix Ends with beginnings What keeps the planet spinning Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis bringing it home here in the final segment of the show and we're going to do a little short-term, long-term trade. Everybody's favorite segment that seems to be catching on like wildfire around the lacrosse community. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, some upcoming promotions with the Toronto Rock, a little Star Wars night. We can even chat a little about Colin Doyle. Actually, I, I kind of wish we would have got into uh, a little bit about Doyle with, uh, with PC there, but uh, for another week we can always... Bring PC uh, down the hallway at any time here as a guest. And uh, we'll also look ahead to the Buffalo Bandits and uh, the Toronto Rock this Saturday. But right now, we will jump right into short-term, long-term trade. And we have a trio of righties to throw at KD here. Two guys who are very close to each other in the uh, NLL scoring race right now, separated uh, by only a couple of points. And then we've got one guy who is running away with things. So our three guys on short-term, long-term trade this week are Robert Church, Lyle Thompson, and from the Toronto Rock, Tom Schreiber. Here we go. This is a tough one. This is tough. You got to play a little bit of the political game here too, Amy. I know. We'll see. We'll I'm see. Have All right. To be careful with my wor- my words here. All right. Fire away. Start uh, just going down the list here as I'm looking at it. We're gonna start with Robert Church here. Um, and again, got a, my disclaimer: all three are great players right from the start. <laughs> so uh, I'm not, you know, just playing the game here. All right, we've heard this. Before. But uh, Robert Church, uh, un- unfortunately, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to trade Robert Church. I. Uh, you know, great player. He's playing on a, on a great offense, too. I know he's back-to-back defending champs, but, uh, you know, they got the likes of Matthews over there as well. They had uh, they had Greer, now Jones in, in the mix, too. Curtis Knight, a lot of weapons there that, uh, you know, get him the ball or, or vice versa that he's picking up points with there. Um, I just think, you know, out of the three, he's, uh, like you, you mentioned, it's close, but the third when it comes to point totals um, of the three, but uh, you know that could change in a game with a big night. But uh, I'm going to trade Robert Church. Now this is where it gets interesting. Short term, 
with a disclaimer, I am going to sign Tom Schreiber short term with a club option to, st- to keep him around uh, <laughs> down the road as well. Like, and it's only because it's nothing against what what he's done. He's been been a great find and and a heck of a player so far for the Toronto Rock. But uh, you know, just in terms of longevity, he's only played. You know, a handful of games in the league. Yep. Um, still, I wouldn't say questions because, like, he's proven. You know, he he can play. He's proven a ball. He's a legit ball player. Um, but uh, you know, that's why I said I'll keep him around short term because he is on a tear. He's the cog of the Toronto Rock offense. Um, and you know, if I could hold his rights and you know keep him keep him long term down the road, that'd be great as well. But. Uh, Long term, then that leaves me Lyle Thompson. I just, you know, the Thompson name speaks for itself. His, their brand. He's, you know, obviously a, a great player. We saw that last week when they were in town, leading the league in points. I think you mentioned there too, and, and kind of running away from the other two. Uh, you know, all three are still relatively. They're all around the same age, y- younger, um, as well, which is which is nice. But uh, I just feel like, uh, you know, watching him grow as a player, and you know, he kind of took can take over a game single-handedly and you know he's got a great set of hands on him whether you know usually good for a backhand or two a night as well for to please the fans but uh, i'm gonna keep uh lyle thompson long term and uh yeah we'll go from there all right so there you have it short term long term trade and uh kyle i think you're only allowed to use uh, one contract extension a month so so <laughs> you've used it on tribe so next week you can't you can't pull this uh cop out that you did this week on long-term <laughs> <Cop> trade. <laughs> All right, so uh, that does it for uh, another edition of that very popular segment, uh, as we've mentioned. Some of our guests have even requested, Jamie Dowick specifically, has requested that we throw a short-term, long-term trade at him on his next visit. So we might do that. We might start throwing them at our guests too, which will make it uh, difficult could for get, some people. Could get interesting. Especially with maybe if we throw – three current Toronto Rock guys at Jamie Dowick. How is he going to answer that? <laughs> How does that and translate to the room? this guy, <laughs> I'm trading yet. No, that would be funny. All right, so uh, some stuff coming up before we uh, get to the Buffalo game. Um, we've got Star Wars night coming up on Friday, March the 3rd against the New England Black Wolves. Um, and we've also got Colin Doyle retirement night coming up on Saturday, March 11th. And... We'll kind of work backwards here a little bit. Uh, we'll jump ahead and then work backwards. But the uh, March 11th game, I was actually just writing the commercial script for some of our radio spots, and there will be a very bold statement at the start of these radio spots. I've been thinking about it. That w- from the PR angle of all this, I've been definitely taking the approach that Colin Doyle is one of the greatest athletes, greatest professional athletes that the city of Toronto really has ever seen, which I think is a, a pretty accurate statement. And then... Um, our radio commercials will be starting with the uh, with the statement that um, one of Toronto or sorry Toronto's greatest athlete of this century will have his number retired. And when you think about it, six championships. Sure, one of them was won in 1999. But you know, if we're talking this century, is there a better athlete? a more accomplished athlete that has played for a Toronto sports team in this century other than Colin Doyle? No, not for, not that I can, uh, you know, recall. Like, there's been a lot of a lot of down days for the other, you know, the other teams in the city there during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Toronto Rock have been a bright spot as a sports organization. Like you mentioned, six championships, 
some massive point seasons. You know, wearing the C for the team. You know, great guy on on the floor, off the floor. You know, doing doing stuff within the media, in the public eye. There, all around great. You know, he, like I don't know how you can explain it any better than you know he is he is definitely Toronto's greatest sport athlete in my opinion in the last you know century as you mentioned yeah for yeah. sure. So, um, it's kind of a bold statement that's thrown out there, and you know we'll be honest here, it's kind of aimed to to drum up a little uh, conversation as well, but uh, it's also something that I think. Uh, can be backed up with things like you're talking about. I mean, he retires as the the franchise leader in games played, goals, assists, points, and uh, like you say, was a captain of this team for the for his second tour of duty here in Toronto. And as well, those six championships are uh, something that uh, it'll be tough for anybody else to equal that. I think in a in a Toronto Rock uniform uh, for a team to go on a run like that again, especially with the early days of the five championships in seven years. Bob Watson, also the other guy who was a member of all six Toronto Rock teams, and we know his number is already retired, and he is already in the Hall of Fame. So, um, you know, Colin Doyle about to join his good friend Bob Watson in both of those categories, the Hall of Fame likely coming uh, in September of this year. So uh, we want everybody to get out there on Saturday, March 11th, the Rock take on the Calgary Roughnecks. Uh, Of course, Toronto beat Calgary, the first meeting in Calgary a couple of weeks back. But this game on Saturday night, March the 11th, will be a big one. It's uh, something that I think a lot of people are looking forward to just to get a chance to pay tribute to Colin Doyle and uh, just uh, what kind of a great career he had and the legacy that he leaves behind as well. So we'll now backtrack to the Star Wars uh, charity night game, which is coming up on Friday, March the 3rd against the New England Black Wolves. And uh, any ticket promo shout-outs you want to throw out there for that game? Yeah, it's going to be... it's going to be a great night. Uh, you know, another big game down at the uh, the exclusive Air Canada Centre there. And uh, Star Wars night, it's going to be, should be a big draw there. And tickets are, uh, you know, the phones have been ringing in here and still have tickets available. If you want to visit torontorock.com or call call one of our account executives here at 416-596-3075. And we have, uh, you know, more than happy to get you set up with the right the right ticket or package that uh, that suits your needs. We should we should offer up some kind of a deal like you know the first person to call in, buy a buy a flex pack or or something like that from you and also throw a short term long term trade at you over the phone while they're buying their tickets should get something. Yeah, maybe for I don't know. Sure. We'll, we'll think of that maybe down the road. Little it'll pay to pay to listen we to the podcast some, here uh, maybe. You know, get some uh, some recognition. Give them a shout out on the yeah. on the podcast here. Bring their short term long term trade to the table and. And obviously, you know, they'll be at the game and enjoy the enjoy yeah. the night. Make sure you're buying a flex pack. Yeah. Or something. Or something like that. Bring a group down to the game. Um, so now we'll uh, we'll change gears again here and look towards uh, this weekend, the Buffalo Bandits and the Toronto Rock. Massive game for uh, both teams. I think we're probably going to say that every single week of the season. I don't think there's any week in the NLL where you can go by and say that the games aren't very, very big and could be uh, season-altering in some fashion. So... This Saturday night in uh, one of the one of the funnest buildings to play in as well, I think. Not only a tough building to play in, but it is an absolutely great environment in Buffalo. And if you've got the opportunity to jump in the car on Saturday and make the short drive down to Buffalo into Bandit Land, if you've never been there, it's a it's a great experience. And uh, they do a great job with their game presentation, and uh, it, it's it's absolutely worth the drive going down. And more so maybe even than ever that this is going to be a great game. These two teams generally at some point during the year really really show their true hatred for each other so 
maybe it'll be this Saturday, and uh, it's something that uh, everybody kind of uh, looks forward to in their own special way, maybe, that uh, these two teams have a, a very heated rivalry with one another at times, and uh, sometimes it boils over off the floor a little bit, and uh, but uh, all, in the, all in the spirit of competition. So as we look forward to this game, um, I guess we'll just start with our predictions here. Do you have a uh, – what's your prediction for Saturday? Uh, my prediction is, uh, well, as we know, a rock win. Yeah, first and foremost. Um, Score-wise, I mean, Buffalo put up 16 last weekend, I believe, on in a 16-15 win yep. over New England. There, um, you know. So I also think, like you know, we, we've questioned their goaltending a little bit, and you know, who's going to play? I think that you know they've, like I said, they gave up 15. Still, I think it could be uh, could be high scoring. I'm going to go uh, 15, 11. Toronto. 15-11 Toronto. All right. 15-11. And if we look at the result from the first time these two teams met back uh, in Toronto a few weeks ago, 18-10 was the score. The Rock beat the Bandits. I don't know if we're going to get that high scoring. This is a tough one for me. I, You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change what I just said exactly. I'm going to say that it is going to be high scoring. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, you know what? It's not going to be a grinded out type game like it was Saturday night in Rochester. I mean, that was coming off a back-to-back, and that was uh, a Rochester team that I think just tends to play tighter, lower scoring games against Toronto in that building. So uh, I'm throwing that out the window that this is going to happen in Buffalo, another road game. But um, – See, I like your score, fifteen eleven. I like it. I can't, I can't go with exactly your score, so I think I'm going to go with. Uh, I think I'm going to go with sixteen eight. Sixteen eight, double them 16, up. Sixteen eight, double them up. Yeah, I, I just think I'm counting more on maybe the game unfolding a little bit more like the one in Rochester. I guess I, I feel like I'm starting to contradict myself with everything I'm saying here. However. Um, I think it's going to remain kind of close for a while, and then I can see Toronto pulling away and maybe getting a few goals in uh, garbage time to kind of pad those numbers a little bit. So so there you go. We got, uh, surprisingly, both of us predicting Toronto Rock wins, KD taking a 15-11 score, and myself, I'm going with 16-8. Uh, so any final thoughts on the game this week? I think it should. I, I'm excited for it personally. Uh, you know, it's it's a hostile environment down there in, in Bandit Land, and uh, you know, division game. Buffalo's pretty much playing for their season. Um, you know, we, we kind of joked in the office here. They got a great package going on as well that any Toronto Rock fans want to get in. <laughs> and it, I think it involves a buffet and a beer and a ticket, and you know, there's, so there's no real reason to uh, to knock it down there and support the boys. It's just a quick drive and. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the game. I expect it to be, you know, intense. A lot of hatred, like like you mentioned, these teams really do not like each other. Um, yeah, it should be interesting. I can't wait to uh, to dissect it next week. Yeah, that package that you talk about, thirty two dollars, I think, upper bowl ticket at uh, the Key Bank Center, and you get a, uh, a draft beer. I think twelve ounce. I think it was, and the buffet that Kyle speaks of. <laughs> Is a sports fan's delight. Oh, it looks good. <laughs> Chicken tenders, pasta, hamburgers, hot dogs, 
and I believe some kind of nacho cart <laughs> availability there. So anybody who's looking for a uh, great value, uh, get down there to Key Bank Center and, of course, make some noise and uh, cheer on the Toronto Rocks. So um, I think that'll just about do it for this week. Uh, don't forget to uh, join us each and every week here. You can jump on to uh, listen to the podcast at torontorock.com as well as uh, you can follow us on soundcloud.com as well and uh, dial into the podcast each and every week. So that'll about do it. In the meantime and in between time, for Kyle Davis, I am Mike Hancock saying we'll chat next week. Stop the rock. Stop the rock. Stop the rock. Stop the rock. Can't stop the rock. We can't stop the rock. Stop the rock. Can't stop the rock. We can't stop the rock.